Hey, we're glad that you guys are here today. We're going to continue in this series that we've been in this summer called, wow. All right. Thanks. That's good. Are you bleeding? Awesome. Good. We are trained professionals. Give it up for Ezra Gatter right there. How about that? Awesome. Ezra was a part of that group that helped write that song, that second song we sang today, New Awakening. For those of you that were with us last week, our students wrote that at camp in about a 45-minute time span uh, about three or four weeks ago. And, and we believe that that's going to be a great song of this house and, and of many places of worship. But uh, we're going to continue today in this series entitled Mi Familia. We've been, been taking things this summer and sharing them with you that we think as great as your family situation is, we believe that it's going to take your family situation and, and, uh, to a new level. That, that we believe that there are some things that, that we can practice and, and, and make a part of our routine within our families that are going to elevate your family. Some of you are saying, bro, I need all the help I can get. Well, we're glad you're here. And if you've missed any of these one-offs, we call them one-offs because you can go back and pick up anywhere in this series and, and you're going to receive a nugget of truth that we believe will transform your home. So go back and listen if you've missed any of them. They're online at 1910church.com under messages. And you're going to be challenged with some of our incredible staff as they've been preaching and teaching. We want to see your families move to the next level. We want to see your families become even healthier than they, than they are. Okay. And so today I want to share with you another one of those things that I believe can elevate your family. Is that okay? Can we just raise the, the level in our homes a little bit today? T today, I want us to talk about the words that we use in our families. Come on, somebody. How many of you have already blown it this morning on the way to church? Right? Our words make a difference. You know that, right? And in this context of, of our home, and, and let me just share something with you. When I say home and when I say family, I, I'm sharing things that I believe are for your nuclear family and for the home at the address in which you live. But these things are also transferable into this thing we call the house of God and into this thing called the spiritual family. And so these things that I share with you today and how we should interact with one another are to make your earthly family better. But I believe also that when we put these things into practice and utilize them within the context of this spiritual family, we're going to grow and become even greater as well. But here's what I do know. Your home should be a place where you're building each other up, where the words that you share encourage each other, inspire one another. They edify. They, they ought to just be strengthening words. I want you to think about your family situation right now. Somebody say, oh no, I hope he's not reading my mail today, right? But is your home that? Because the reality of it is this, our words matter. Words matter. And they carry tremendous power. There are probably some situations in your life that you've experienced in which you've had people that have, have, have shared words with you, that have encouraged you, built you up, they've spurred you on, they've They've pushed you forward, right? We're, we're watching the Olympics play out right now. And, and, and I love hearing stories of, of coaches and, and those people that have pushed these athletes onto bigger, better things. You know, in the family unit, in this thing called the church, we can be that for one another. But we also know that words carry another form of power as well, that of destruction, that of hurt, that of harm. And, and, and some of us have grown up in, in homes that are one or the other or both and, have we not? Words matter, do they not? 
They carry tremendous power. In fact, scripture would say that words can bring life or death. Look what it says in Proverbs 18, 21. It says the tongue can bring death or life. And you can read the next part and you can let it do what it needs to do in your life with the rest of it, right? Those who love to talk will reap the consequences, right? But listen, this thing called the tongue, this this part of our body known as our mouth, it has tremendous power. What proceeds from it can, can, can bring, Scripture says, life, or it can bring death. So today we want to unpack it. And by the way, I would encourage you to, for those of you that are looking for something to spend some time with the Lord in this week, hey, hey dive into the book of Proverbs. Proverbs is rich when it comes to, to this idea of the words we use. It's, it's rich in, in comparing a, a wise and foolish person and how they live, or, or it's going to deal with pride and, and also this area of humility and, and unpack it. It's absolutely incredible. In fact, in Proverbs chapter 10 alone, you're going to find seven virtues that say, describe the lips of a righteous person. So I'm going to encourage you just, just to dive into it. But this thing called words is a big deal. I, I use this passage of scripture in Ephesians chapter four, oftentimes in in my premarital counseling, because I know that when it comes to relationships between a a husband and wife, and and then when children are thrown in, that there can just be a a tendency for for things to get a little bit heated. Am I talking to anybody right now? Clap if that's your situation right now. I didn't mean that, but thank you guys for for participating. Give me 10 push-ups. Yeah, no one will do that one. That's okay. One day, one day. But I love this passage of scripture because I think that it shares with us, encourages us on how we should speak to one another. Ephesians 4.29 reads this way. Don't use foul or abusive language. Clap if that's you. No, don't do that. But let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be what? An encouragement to those who hear them. Let me ask you a question this morning. Do your words lift others up? Do do your words bring life to others? And listen, I know that we all can probably declare if we're honest with ourselves, we've, we've blown it when it comes to the words we use, correct? We've made some mistakes. And, and don't you just wish sometimes that, hey, have you ever had something get out of your mouth before you really thought about it? And you were trying your best to like pull it back in as best you can like that time when I said, ma'am, when's your baby doing? She said, I'm not pregnant. You know, it's just sometimes you just, you just don't think about some things, right? And, um, but we, we, we can get in trouble with the words we use. All of us struggle with that. This is not something that's a message just for a few of us today, because all of us, I think, need to give thought to how we use our words and what we say. The big deal in scripture, you're going to find references to words and mouth and tongue and lips over 170 times. I even mentioned to you in the book of Proverbs, it talks about how we can speak, speak words that, that, that are positive in someone's life or those that are negative and destructive. It's, it's such a big deal. A few, a few years ago, my, my wife sent me a, a request on, on my phone and, and she said, hey, listen, I would, I would like for you to to download this app, and I would love for you to participate me in this, this little fun game called Words with Friends. Round of applause if you know what I'm talking about. 
And so I, 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 I took the bait because I love my wife and I, I thought that this was going to be a great time for us to spend more time encouraging one another together, right? And it started out fun for a while. For those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, Words with Friends is kind of a digital version of, of Scrabble. Round of applause if you know what I'm talking about there. Yeah. Yeah. Those of you that go to the VFW and remember those days and things of that such, right? The, 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 the old days. You remember the board games we used to play, right? Awesome. The tiles and Anyway, um, I'm going back to time with my grandmother. We'll talk about her in a few minutes. But anyway, in a healthy way, my wife says, hey, I want to play this game with you, Words with Friends. It's just a fun little way for us to just kind of interact with one another. So I took the bait and I downloaded and we played for a while. And of course, it, as you guys can imagine, my words were a lot smaller and shorter than hers. And so she would score lots of points with her words that she shared with me, but, but I didn't. But, but don't you just like that idea of Words with Friends? It sounds fun. Doesn't that just sound life-giving words with friends? When you think of your friends, man, these are people that are in your, in, in, in your, your, your community, they're your, your tribe, man, they're, they're with you. And, and, and my wife and I, as we share words digitally, but even personally, you know, words with friends are just fun, aren't they? It's, it's good to play that with one another and share things. Scripture would say it this way in the book of Psalm, or excuse me, Proverbs 16, it says, kind words are like honey. They're sweet to, to the soul and they're healthy for the body. I've not met a, a living, breathing American that wouldn't just say, man, give me some honey. And that's what words with friends can be in our lives. And, and even when this context of our families and in our home, as we think about the words we share, are you sharing things that are pleasing to people? Do they love to hear it, mom and dad when you speak? Or have you created a culture where your kids cower in fear over what's about to come out of your mouth? Scripture would say that our words should be like sweet honey, healthy, good for the soul. Do you have that in your relationships at home or with your friends. There's other types of words with friends that, that even when you know that they love you and they care for you and you're in relationship, growing, th thriving relationship, you know that there are times in which your friends might even have to share a word with you that could even be challenging, right? My wife has to do that continually with me. But because I'm in relationship with her and because she has established and has that equity with me, I hear those words and she challenges me. Why? Because she wants to see the best in me. Parents, do you do that with one another and in a context with your children? When you're, even when you have to deliver what, what scripture would say in Proverbs 27, wounds from a sincere friend, he says, are better than kisses from an enemy. That there are those times even in our family life and in relationships with others that we might have to share something with them that they might not like to hear. But because of relationship, because of friendship, because we have earned the right, we speak that because we want to see the best in that person's life. If your kids or your spouse, if all they're hearing are those negative, hurtful, painful times, and if you're not sprinkling in some of those times of honey and, oh man, you can throw some sugar powder on top of that, you know? And it is just, if you don't have those moments in life, I'm telling you, at some point, at some point, instead of your family elevating, becoming healthier and growing and going to the next level, it's going to be destructive in your home, right? 
Colossians 4 would say, let your conversation be gracious and attractive. Paul's writing these words, speaking about how we interact with non-believers. Somehow we, we can even get it wrong when it comes to, to the way we witness or share biblical truth with people that, that if we just get louder or, or make them feel so insignificant and worthless that, that that's what's going to win them over. Does that work in your home by getting louder and yelling and making people just feel like insignificant? It doesn't work. Paul would encourage us that our conversations in, with non-believers, but I believe in the context of our family as well, should be attractive. It should be gracious so that in turn, we will have that right response from people. You know, sometimes in our family, it, it may not be like words with friends, but sometimes it's, it's maybe like a word search in your home, Right? Things are out of control or something's going on in which you just don't have an answer. You're looking for, hey, what should we do in this situation? Or how should we respond when this decision has been made? Or what do we look forward to? Man, we're struggling here, whatever. And do you oftentimes find that maybe the words you share is more like a word search that you used to participate in as well? You don't have an answer. It's hard to find it and you're trying to discover it. You know, I think that in all of our families, sometimes uh, uh, healthy communication is always going to be the best approach. Healthy communication, establishing environments in our homes where, where every individual feels safe to be able to communicate where they're at and what they're feeling and what they're experiencing, right? I, I, I know that times have changed, and, and for some of us older in the room, myself included, that there were times in which we, we really didn't have an opinion back in the day, right? It's just, this is what we're going to do. Why? Well, it's because I said so. Don't you talk back to me. How many of you ever heard that in your lifetime? Hallelujah. Praise God, right? But we learn those things. And, and I'm not saying that that's right or wrong and that's a, a perfect focus on the family parenting tip there. I don't know that. But we live in a culture now where it seems like people want to be able to be heard, they want to share their opinion. They really want you to know their thoughts and their hearts. And, and, and I don't think it's necessarily just from a younger generation up. But parents, I think that we can learn from that as well, that when we share something, a decision made, or this is why we're doing this or whatever, let's unpack and let's use our words to maybe paint the picture in a, in a better way for those that are listening, Right. But for some of us, listen, we want to establish health in our home. We want this environment where people feel safe or they can speak their mind, right? We want to see our children see us handle conflict in a, in a healthy way, right? Because as they see it in our homes, parents, check this out. They're going to live that out when they have a home and a family as well. But I want to teach you three words because sometimes in life, searching for the right word or searching for the answer, it's just difficult. And I always think that honesty and transparency are going to be two great allies in your family and in your home. If you can't be honest and transparent at home, you won't be anywhere else. Listen, the reality of, of what we saw played out at a bar in Boston called Cheers where, where they would go and they would vomit on one another all their life issues and histories and struggles. Hey, that's made for TV. But the reality is it's always better when your home is a place where honesty and transparency can be present. Are you with me today? And parents, listen, I want to teach you three words or maybe 
Yeah, I just want to teach you these three words sometimes. It's these words, I don't know. Because sometimes, and we're trying to make a decision, or we're trying to figure out a situation, and we're trying to determine, hey, where we're going to see this breakthrough, or how it's going to, sometimes it's okay to let our family know, hey, I just don't know right now. But I'm going to, I'm going to press in, and I'm going to seek, right? And in fact, does the scripture not say, the Lord says, you will find me when you Seek me with your whole heart. Some translations say, search for me. So those I don't know moments are okay. Don't stay there. Maybe that's just an opportunity for you as a family to come together. An opportunity for you as a husband and wife to come together and begin to press in and pursue God, the one who does know. The one that says, I know the plans I have for you. The one who sees your future when you can't see the next step. The one who has dreams for your life that are so far greater than what you think is best for you. Are you with me this morning? Honesty and transparency. Maybe you have to search for the right words to say in a situation. Maybe it's okay just to say, you know, I just don't know right now. I just don't know. You know the scenario, though, that's present probably in a lot of our homes today not necessarily a word with friends type of situation or a word search, but it's more like the old school game we used to play called hangman, where we would draw on a piece of paper in English class when we should have been paying attention. You remember those days? And we would say, hey, p- figure out this movie or who's this actor or sports teams. And, and by the process of, of them kind of playing a wheel of fortune type of game on a piece of paper and calling out letters, so we, you know, and if they miss it, oh, we're drawn. And sure enough, you know what happens oftentimes with the words we use in our family? It's like that game of hangman. We're trying to destroy one another. Our words are cutting and they, as scripture said earlier in the book of Proverbs, can be even deadly. Can they not? Hey, words hurt, don't they? We all have been the recipient at some point of something that someone said, whether it was their intentions or not. I I think normal people, people that really have a conscience should not want to hurt people with their words, but there are some bad apples and there are some bad people, right? They do. But even when we're not trying to, if we're not careful, this thing called the tongue, well, in fact, James wrote about it. You don't have this. This is bonus Bible. Is that okay if I read it? To you guys from my new oversized print Bible so that I can read it. Thank you to one of my friends. It even has my name on it, so don't you be trying to take mine. James in chapter 3 particularly speaks to this thing of the tongue and how vicious it can be. In verse 9, James says, sometimes it praises our Lord and Father. But sometimes it curses those who've been made in the image of him. Wow. (laughs) Isn't that something that with this, with these same words, with this same tongue, with this same mouth, we can lift our hands and say, I surrender. We can say, you are and fill in the blank and talk ugly about people that have been created in the image of God. He would go on to say in verse 10, and, and so it is blessing and cursing that can come pouring out of this same mouth. And then I love what Paul or what James says to us. He says, surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. 
It's not. Our words can hurt people, can't they? Our words can cut. Our words can be deadly to someone's soul and spirit. Listen, I want to encourage us to be different. You see, Paul would write in Colossians chapter 3, now is the time to get rid of anger and rage and malicious behavior, slander and dirty language. Our culture says this. Hey, listen, you have a right to be angry. And in your anger, you need to get louder. You need to use words that are just ugly. And you need to just be harsh in your delivery. The problem is that culture oftentimes is not what the Bible says. (laughs) And how we should respond. And how we should treat one another. Scripture would say, be kind to one another. Tender-hearted forgiving one another, even as God through Christ has forgiven you. Ephesians 4.32, right? What culture tells us in our anger and rage and how we should speak to things that are wrong is so different. You see it time and time again, just through the model and example of Jesus and how he responded to people who were vile, who were ugly, who were just outcast and dirty and ugh, but yet he responds. I think though that Jesus probably in a Jesus only kind of way probably dropped some truth bombs in a kind of, I mean, when you call somebody a brood of vipers back in the time of Jesus, that was like calling them a, you figure out the worst language in our culture today. It wasn't nice and polite. So Jesus had a little human side. He was fully God, but fully man. Amen. But even just hearing it from Jesus, well, you're not Jesus. And so we need to be conscious of how we speak. And even in our anger, doesn't scripture say, don't sin, even in the midst of that. Proverbs eleven seventeen says, your kindness will reward you. But cruelty, it will destroy you. Are you being hangman type mentality in the words you use? In your family. I told you I was going to talk about my Granny Reed. Because Granny Reed loved to do something else with words. In fact, it was really easy for us when it came to Christmas time or her birthday. I, I would, we would simply go down to, to the supermarket and, and we would buy my Granny Reed crossword puzzle books. How many of you, a round of applause, remember those? Yeah. Now we really know your age, but that, that's okay. Um, my, my granny would sit around in her apartment and just be consumed. And she would have piles of them, crossword puzzles. It was crossword puzzles in the people's court at Granny Reed's house that kind of saw her through the day, right? Judge Watner, come on, somebody. <laughs> now we really know how old you are, right? But I got to thinking about that today, cross words. You see, I believe that the healthier approach for your family, if there's any type of words that we ought to use, aren't they words that have something to do with maybe the cross? You see, when I think about the cross and when I think about the transformation, when I think about the love and the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness that were shown there at the cross of Jesus, Can you imagine a home 
in which we treated people and we spoke to one another based on crosswords. Scripture says, let the message about Christ in all of its richness fill your lives. Do, 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 do crosswords come out of your mouth? Words that are edifying, words that build up, words that, that, that strengthen, words that even in, even in a moment of correction or pointing out a blind spot in someone's life, do you quickly follow that up with words that are worthy of the cross? See, words that are worthy of the cross are words like, I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. You see that? I'm not judging you. I'm not condemning you. But listen, I want you to stop what you're doing. It's not good for you. See, words of the cross are, are even words that were mentioned from the cross when in pain and agony and, and struggle when Jesus would say, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Are crosswords present in your home? I'm not talking about some old school book and you're filling in the answer. I'm talking about words that proceed from your mouth. Scripture would go on to say, teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom that he gives. Hey, going back to those I don't know moments, I'm, hey, listen, there's wisdom in God's word, the word. What would happen if the word became the word in our homes? If the words that we use proceeded from the very word of God, are we teaching them? Are we instilling them? Are we passing on? Verse 17 would say, whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. Uh-oh, how many times have I not represented him with the words from my mouth? I know I just struggle with it. No one else would in this room or online. Do my words clearly reflect my Savior? Hey, parents, are you directing, as it says in Proverbs 22, are you directing your children onto the right path so that when they're older, they will not depart from it, they won't leave it? Are you teaching your kids about Jesus? You see, here's the deal about crosswords. Our crosswords, our words will point people to Jesus. When I have crosswords present in my home and in my life and in my family, it will always point others to Jesus. Oh yeah, I'm great. I'm preaching about it here today. But listen, I cannot leave here and go and let my, my tongue get loose and me forget the one that I'm living for and I represent. Are you with me? What would happen if words about the cross came from our mouths and our lips. Have you ever thought about your words and how they point people to Jesus? I know that lifestyle and how we live, we should, we should live lives that are set apart. There should be a noticeable difference. I love the apostles in the book of Acts. People can look at them and say, I can tell that you're a person that's been with Jesus. Could that be said about you? But make no mistake about it. Our words matter, do they not? Did we not say that earlier? They carry power. Romans would say, how can people call on the one they, 
to save them unless they believe in him. And how can they believe in him unless they've never, what, heard about him? And how can they hear unless someone, what, tells them? You see, with our mouths also, goes back to this pointing people to Jesus. Here's my prayer for us today as we get ready to leave. And you know where you're at. I just want to challenge you with with Psalm chapter 19, verse 14. This is this. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, Lord. Listen, you know that in our physical bodies, the heart, everything is based on the heart. Your, Your brain activity might fade away for a moment or two. For me, it's quite often. You can break an arm or a limb or, or have a cut or, or something else function in your body, not like it's supposed to do, but you can still live. But when your heart is not right, when your heart is off, when your heart doesn't beat, you die, right? Scripture oftentimes refers to the heart as a wellspring of life. Just as it is for our physical bodies, it is the wellspring of our life for our human bodies as well. So check this out. If my heart is of the world, that's what's going to come out of my mouth. But if my heart is dialed in, and if my heart and my meditations are based on Him, guess what comes out of my mouth? His Word, His heart, it's shown and it's heard. My prayer is that the meditations of our heart, the words of our mouth would be pleasing to him. Would you stand with me today? For those of you that have watched us online, thank you so much for carving out time to dial in on your vacation or in the midst of being sick, in the midst of having family or guests coming in or, or just for whatever reason. Thank you for carving out time to be a part of this worship experience with us. And I'm praying for all of us today that we would take away this thought of how are we using our words to build up? I pray that our families and our homes, if if there needs to be a shift in the atmosphere there, I pray that it would start with the words that come from our mouths. Ministry team, go ahead and join me down front again today. I'm gonna pray and dismiss you. And today, if you've got a a concern or a care that you're carrying. Our team is here. would love to pray and encourage you. They have a word for you. <laughs> it's the word of the Lord. Maybe you're here today and, and, and some of the, the best words that could flow from your mouth is, what must I do to be saved? Well, scripture says, use your words, call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. It doesn't say go to church or log in and watch it. Let's say be a good person and be saved. No, it says call with my mouth. Jesus, would you come in and save me? I use my words and Jesus comes in and transforms me. So Father, today I'm praying that we would be people of the word and that your word would flow through our words. Lord, that our families and our relationships that we share in the home and outside of the home, the relationships we share in this 
house of God. Lord, I pray that everything we say and do would edify and lift you up and encourage others. God, forgive us of those times in which our words have gotten loose and we've used words to cut and to harm and to maim others. Lord, I pray that our words would be life-giving like honey to our soul. Sweet, God. That we would push each other forward out of a spirit of love as we live in these days and times. And God, with our mouths, may we always honor and glorify you as well because you are good. Come on, somebody. Isn't God good? And God, that those words of your goodness and love and how we feel about you would flow from a heart that is set on you as well. So God, use us this week. Let us be conscious of what we say and what we do and give you the glory. In Christ's name, we pray. Everybody said, you're dismissed.